Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast and your week in IndyCar guest episode. Do we have a guest? Guy who's become the busiest IndyCar driver I know of right now. That is the, and I say that in all caps, the Oliver Askew, your 2019 Indy Lights champion. Florida, I tell you, they, they put out some some fine talent. Tell us how you're doing in this crazy little week of yours so far. I'm doing good, Marshall. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's, it's been a while. It's good to be back. Um, I'm currently in Charlotte, downtown Charlotte. We just finished uh, finished working on the on the sim with Matt Barnes and the crew at uh, at Ed Carpenter Racing. So um, good to be back working with the Pratt and Miller guys as well. This has been a little bit of a whirlwind for you. I'm so glad that we get to have you here back on the show. Brought to us by Cooper Tires the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com. So got about a half hour. You've been up since very early. You're a man moving all over the place. And yes, you have a reason to be doing simulator work with Ed Carpenter Racing, the super awesome racing engineer that is Matt Barnes. That's because a guy that is in high demand, well, he has your name. Let's start with Ryan Terpstra. He says, let me start with the obvious. Will you be racing this weekend? Bruce M- Bryce McKean also asked, has he spoken to Ed? And these are two things that came in before your confirmation. Late, what, last night? That would have been Tuesday night that you are indeed stepping into the really quick number 21 ECR Chevy for our pal Renus VK, who you, two of you, fought over that 2019 Lights Championship. Tell me about getting this call up. We're going to get into last week and obviously in standing in for uh, for Felix, but you two were pretty darn good rivals, friendly rivals, but uh, you took it to each other in 2019. Among the strange things in your world, here you are stepping in for Renus. Uh, tell me about this process, brother. How did all this come together? So I get a call from an Indianapolis number, probably it was like 10 p.m. Monday night. Um. I'm obviously going to pick up the phone because it's coming from Indianapolis. It could be anyone. And uh, he goes, hey, it's Ed Carpenter calling. How's it going? And I was, yeah, I didn't know what he was calling me about at 10 p.m. at night. And then he uh, he said, yeah, we might might have an issue. Um, you know, are you are you going to be available this weekend? And I said, yeah, as of right now, I'm, I'm available. And, uh, and then we kind of just went on from there. He called me the next morning to explain more. <laughs> And here we are with you stepping into a role in IndyCar, not unfamiliar, the quote super sub, right? There's some drivers who (laughs) 10, 15, 20 years later, Oliver, are still referred to as super sub. Roberto Moreno's one, Mamo Gidley's another, but folks who, boy, definitely there and gamers, if there was a need, tell me a little bit about this call. And the thoughts of like, okay, well, I just had to scramble to fill in for Felix, but at least I have a few more days to do this or or what changed in your mindset of, all right, well, uh, I was planning to go to the beach this coming weekend, but I guess I'm playing race car. Just tell folks about the, uh, the mental adjustment and then also maybe even just the scheduling and planning things that drop in your lap in an instant. Yeah, well, I do have to say this isn't uh, the most ideal circumstance. You know, it's not 
this isn't how I want to be in IndyCar racing. And I certainly don't want to see, uh, you know, guys, guys getting hurt and unable to drive. You know, I hope, hope Felix, both Felix and uh, Renus get back to the series as, as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I was already planning on, on, uh, on going to road America. Um, at the beginning of the year, my, my plan was to be at most of the races and, and to some, you know, working in some capacity, whether it's, you know, hopefully getting getting a drive or um, or working with uh, some Indy Lights drivers. I, I've I've been coaching Devlin DiFrancesco for uh, all of this year um, up until last Sunday, and I'll and I'll miss doing that this weekend, obviously. But um, it's a great opportunity. In the end, it's uh, it's now I will I will be able to get some more practice this this weekend than I did last Sunday, and uh, it's a track that I know and a track that I've raced on, um, over my road to Indy years as well. So pretty easy from that standpoint, Oliver, but obviously there's also the need to, I would assume, go over to Ed Carpenter racing and maybe get yourself fitted into the number 21. Was that part of your, your post Detroit actions as well? Well, we didn't really have time and the truck leaves tomorrow. So I think we're going to, we're going to have to sneak in there um, either late tomorrow night or super early Friday to make sure that everything fits in, in the number 21 car. So um, luckily, you know, I, I'm traveling with my seat now and, and my helmet. And um, you know, like I said, it's not the most ideal situation, but I think um, the car is fast. Like you said, it's, it's shown promise. And um, yeah, the, the sim day went really well today as well. So I'm already gelling with, with the team and um, trying to learn as much as I can, and hopefully we can hit the ground running here. Stay with one item there for a moment before we move to the next questions, Oliver, and that is not as if you did not have speed at certain events last year with Aaron McLaren SP. Obviously, Pato is quick like a bunny, won on Sunday. You having to learn the track, totally cold, like there's so many things conspiring against you doing well on Sunday. If we just remove the motor issue that, you know, stopped your race a little bit past halfway, your lap times, once you got in the groove and, and learned the track, holy cow, man, you were quick, quick, quick on Sunday. If we look at your fastest laps and such, we know the potential was there. This is maybe a little bit different, and I'd love to hear just some thoughts about, hey, Renas, this guy is currently fifth in the championship. We know that uh, natural terrain road courses, right? He won the last time out uh, yeah. at IMS, right? So we, you know you're stepping into a car that, although you're having to learn a lot in terms of a new team and engineer and all those things, mm-hmm. you know this car is capable of doing some pretty darn good things this weekend. Not saying you've never had that before in IndyCar, but tell us what it's like knowing that if you and the team can get your mojo going, you have a reason to have high expectations this weekend, not just kind of filling in until the, the other guy can get back into his car. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. I go from last Sunday having no expectation and zero pressure whatsoever, um, and now going into this weekend and, um, you know, there, there being some pressure and, um, and some expectation. But, you know, at the end of the day, I perform at my best when I just go out there and drive. Right. So, um, I think it's, a it's actually a, a similar, similar mentality that I went to, went into on Sunday, um, with a different team and, and a whole different environment. But, um, 
yeah, it's uh, just got to go out there and drive, man. That's all we need to do. Just got to drive, man. It's a very <laughs> holistic approach, which I don't yeah. think is a bad one. Yeah. Um, let's see. A couple little funny questions here. Uh, John Wojnar, good pal from Michigan, says, Oliver, did you have any inkling you'd be getting the call after Felix's crash, or was it a totally out-of-the-blue experience? Uh, I had a, a, a little inkling. Um, you know, I, I believe I was one of the only drivers in the paddock there with a, with a seat, with a seat and helmet, um, ready to go. And obviously with my experience last year, um, it seemed like a, a no brainer for the team to have me jump in. So, um, it was, it was very fortunate, uh, to have that opportunity to, um, and it was also very cool to see, you know, from, from the inside, how much progress that they, that that team has made over the winter and, um, to work with some, some good friends and, and old engineers again. So, um, man, I have to say that track is not easy. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't see my lap times until, um, until yesterday, actually someone posted, you know, the best laps from, from the race in the finishing order. And I saw, I ran like a, was it a 17 two? And it was, it was pretty competitive. You know, I don't know how consistent I was, but when I'm out there, I only look at my Delta times and, and, and that's compared to, um, you know, the quickest lap that I ran. So, um, yeah, I was pretty happy with that. Let's also talk about, I think I texted you right away after, uh, I saw that you were, uh, going to be standing in about awkward, uh, knowing that yeah. last year didn't end the way you'd hoped. Right. I mean, obviously you'd still be driving for them if everything had gone the way is desired, but was there any kind of awkwardness of like, Hey, uh, ex-girlfriend, um, I'm, thanks for asking me out for dinner. What is exactly <laughs> is this for? Was there any of that, uh, any butterflies well, like no. that or were you cool? No, not at all. And I, I think it really sent a, a good message, you know, to the paddock and, and the racing world. There was no, there was no bad breakup last year. You know, it, it was all, um, I think it was all very, um, you know, very, very mature of us and how, how we went about, um, you know, parting ways last year. So, uh, I think that's, I think it was all right. Good. Well, as I posted on the good old tweeters that, Hey, this is what happens when you don't burn bridges. And right. even if things don't go the way you'd hoped, this is what happens when you leave on good terms and are eye to eye with one another. And guess what? Sometimes you get awesome surprises like this mentioned yeah. the track is certainly uh, more difficult than expected. Uh, our pal Lance Snyder says after a little bit of time out of the IndyCar routine on one of the hardest, and I'd also say hottest street course races, how sore were you Monday morning? Honestly, not as sore as I thought I would be. Um, granted, I, I did miss the, you know, the last 20 or so laps of the race, but still, um, for how difficult the race was, I was surprised I wasn't as, as sore the next day, but, uh, I guess, I guess I didn't race all weekend, right. It wasn't a normal situation. Um, but yeah, it was super bumpy. Um, very, very high grip. Uh, I noticed the wheel was the steering wheel was super heavy. Um, I have been racing an LMP three car with power steering, so I don't know exactly. Lucky. Um, how much that uh that plays into things but um 
it was yeah it was good to be out there and get the get those indycar indycar uh get the indycar blood flowing again so mark leonard is curious about since you have been doing some uh, lmp3 stuff in imsa this year i don't know winning the season opener at the rolex 24 that's not so bad um yeah. curious if you've changed up your training regimen at all and then uh, daniel summers is also curious since you've now raced indycar and lmp3 uh do you find one more challenging to drive than the other one more exciting and so on and so on and so forth that's yeah, a, a good question um they both have their own challenges uh, obviously i'd say the indycar is is more challenging challenging it's just it it's it's quicker in every way um and, and more physical definitely more physical um for the lmp3 car it's has a lot of power um and it's very heavy so uh and you also have a side uh, a sidewall in the michigan in the michelin that's that's quite stiff so the window in which um you need to drive the car is very small i think um you, al- you almost need to underdrive the car to get to to produce the lap time and that's the complete opposite in the indy car i'd say so um they're both fun in their own ways the lmp3 car is a bit more relaxing i'd say look at that sunday drive all right this might be my favorite theme of the questions that have come in we're going to start off with jamie carr he says oliver what's the etiquette when wearing another driver's suit do you wash it before you return any chance of just Go in commando or not. Uh, do you leave something in the pocket as a surprise or a joke? We need to know. And first of all, how the hell did your nine foot 12 cell fit into the pint sized Juan Montoya suit? I don't even believe that's a real thing. I don't know how you could do that. Well, if you notice on any of the pre-race or any of the photos, I never zipped the suit up until I really needed to get into the car because I didn't, I didn't want anyone to see how bad this, this suit fit me. Um, but I think the height kind of filled in for, for some of the, uh, you know, for, for how big it was on me, but, um, no, thank you Juan, if you're listening for letting me borrow the suit. Did you just say some of the extra width for Montoya, uh, kind of went upwards and helped you? Oh man you just called him fat it's okay i call him fat all the time he calls me a fat ass too so it's all right um it's still kind of funny though because yeah it did look like you're doing a little bit of the hunchback and notre dame thing uh, on pre-grid try not to stand all the way up and kind of you know um (laughs) hurt your boy parts so (sighs) i felt someone someone asked if um i you know i I noticed i go through like i was saying i go through the the questions that are coming coming in and try to do my my prep but uh i noticed someone asked if it was comfortable and honestly <laughs> it was probably one of the most comfortable suits i've ever worn really because there was, was just it was just roomy you know there was more airflow roomy oh it's a, i gotta use that i'm gonna tell you next time that's awesome um our pal tracy she has a uh, great one for you she asked did alex Pillow autograph those shoes for you um he did not <sighs> Unfortunately, I need to track him down this weekend. He's a terrible person. He's the yeah. meanest guy in IndyCar. I'm kidding. He might be the sweetest <laughs> person ever. But uh, you did get to race with what a gorilla logo on your boot on your racing shoes. So that that's something interesting. Um, let's see where else uh, should we go here? Uh, why don't we go to Joey Tebbin? Says here's a Oliver ask. 
Q. Oh, look at that. Here we go. That's uh, we hear about drivers uh, like you coming to the track with their seats and helmets in hand, hoping for a ride to open up. But does that literally mean you're lugging around your molded seat to the track? And does that mean you still get to keep your seat after you leave the team that molded it for you? Does that same seat come with you for your whole career? So we want to know about seats. Do you actually get out of the car in the morning, get your credential, your whatever, and have the seat thrown over your shoulder? Or does that sit in the trunk, per se, waiting if needed? No, I don't think that's the look. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, keep it, I try to keep it in a trailer, and in this case, it was kept in the Andretti Autosport uh, IndyCar trailer. Smart. So, yes. Yeah. Along along with uh with my helmet so having that thrown over your shoulder all weekend walking around uh, yeah you, you're right terms of looks no. uh, i don't know if i want that one so i, I no. think you want that for sure let's see where else should we go to all right we're talking about roots we're talking about florida this comes from at car underscore windy also known as windy car on twitter oliver you're from florida says, I enjoyed R.C. Enerson's hat at the Indy 500. Florida living, you might have seen. He says, Ryan hunter Ray, Kyle Kirkwood, and a number of other professional drivers reside in the Miami area. says, I feel like open-wheel racing often focuses on the Midwest and West Coast heritage. Let's talk the Sunshine State. says, what did the Florida racing community mean to you growing up? What was it like in karting and open-wheel in the state known or Daytona in Sebring. Also closes by saying any tracks in Florida you'd love IndyCar to race at. So let's just start about this, start on this heritage, right? And there's a lot more if we're talking sports cars as well. But that state of yours, that home state of yours, it's produced a lot of talent. It's also become home to a lot of talent. What does it mean being a Florida boy representing an IndyCar? Well, we don't need to go far to, to get our heat training in, that's <laughs> for sure. Especially with, with our new aero screen, it's, uh, it's become a subject. So um, happy to live in, in Florida for that reason. Um, love, love doing my, my cycling and, and training outside. And honestly, the hotter, the better. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been a hot spot, I think, for, for karting as well. You know, growing up, there were so many, um, so many big racing events like the Florida Winter Tour, um, a lot of, uh, we had a great regional, um, regional karting scene, uh, when I was younger here or not here, but, uh, back home in Florida. So, um, a lot of, uh, great talent and, um, you know, great people came, came from that scene and it's still, still a, a good karting scene. So, um, yeah. And, uh, seems like either you're, you're born in, in Florida and, and raised, um, <clears throat> raised in, in the racing scene or you you end up moving there from from somewhere else in the states so um or from other countries so talk about the pride side though because you know there are a number of drivers who strongly represent wherever they're from you know could be internationally as well is that a part of things for you or is that something you keep on the back burner a little bit no i i, I definitely have uh pride and and coming from florida and growing up in florida um jupiter is is where i've grown up and you know there's there's a lot of uh a lot of golfers there actually who uh, that's that's what jupiter has has been made famous for but um you know hopefully hopefully kyle and i can can put it uh 
even more on the map for uh, for racing. Mention Kirkwood. Tell me about watching him, knowing that obviously last season's Indy Lights Championship was canceled. Had a great weekend, obviously, in Detroit with back-to-back wins, getting his third, you know, adding to the one that he got earlier this year. Three wins now. Definitely tightened up the uh, the points race in Indy Lights. Knowing the two of you have been protagonists, but also, you know, uh, pretty good pals throughout the years coming up in Florida. Any thoughts on uh, how your man's doing Trying to get himself one of those indie lights titles like you have. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a fight till the end this year. It looks like uh, HMD's uh, doing a really good job uh, prepping prepping their cars and and uh, producing fast equipment, and they've got some good drivers there too. And David Malukas and uh, and Linus um, who are battling Kyle in the championship right now. So it'll be interesting to see how the the season plays out. Obviously. Uh, um, it'd be awesome to to see Kyle and Andretti Autosport do well. Um, looks seems like he's on he's on a roll right now, but we'll see. Um, yeah, honestly, when when Kyle and I talk, we don't uh, don't often talk racing, so we kind of keep that uh, keep that separate in in our friendship. Good man, that's how you maintain a friendship. Don't talk about the competitive yeah. stuff, but talk yeah. about race. Talk about politics. Those are easy things that. Uh, make great friendships all right um darren dubois we get down to the last couple asks how close were you to getting an 8500 ride this year also says congrats on the rolex win uh close but no cigar i think that was a that was a goal heading into the off season knowing that it was kind of late to uh, get a full season put together um you know, being released, I think it was back in November, so it was quite late in the in the the silly season, as we say. Um, but there is always next year, and hopefully, we'll be running a full season. See, that's my guy right there. We're gonna do more than hope. We're gonna make that happen. <laughs> um, all right, next one, I need your help with because I don't understand the whole context. But knowing those dinner with racer guys, I imagine some uh, hilarity and snarkiness was involved. Uh, Ricky Zagata says, Oliver, did you find it entertaining? that the Dinner with Racers guys took up the issue with your FIA driver rating. And for IndyCar fans who aren't aware in sports cars, there's this bizarre driver rating system that gets used. And based on what type of metal you are rated as, platinum, gold, silver, or bronze, in some classes, like the LMP3 class where uh, Oliver competes with Andretti Autosport, uh, based on the rating you're given by the FIA, it could scrub you out of some classes. It, if it's lower than what some people think, you can get a ride in some classes, but then you get shots taken at you for being too good for your rating and blah, blah, blah. I don't know what they mentioned, uh, Heckman and Eversley, but maybe you could fill us in and tell us whether uh, you found whatever they said entertaining. So I, I did miss that, but I don't know what they're talking about. I'm a gold. Okay. I don't know. I don't know, man. Well, then we can they, just rightfully assume they took issue with the fact that you weren't a platinum. So, oh, I don't. Again, I'm assuming, well, I'm, but that's the kind of thing they would do is I'm, say, "I'm flattered." Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Let's make something big out of it, um, or maybe not. So, yeah, if I have to assume. It was probably them saying, wait, the guy just finished an IndyCar season. 
and he wasn't rated as a platinum, how is he an LMP3? That's my guess. And I truly have not seen anything they've said, but I do feel like I might have just gotten that 100% correct. But if, if, if you've got a problem with my driver rating, you gotta, you got to DM me or something. Oh, don't DM. Challenge them to meet you face-to-face. First of me, all, me. you tower... Heckman could be on Eversley's shoulders and you'd still be taller than them. So no, don't DM. Come on, fisticuffs. That's what we're talking about here. Uh, let's at, at me on Twitter, Oliver underscore asking. Oh, look at that. You're still going the passive route. You're too nice of a kid. You can't be from Florida. You guys are punchy over there from what I hear. <laughs> um, all right, two questions to go. The penultimate here from my pal, Andy Merrick. I really like this. And uh, we're going to close on a little bit of, or get close to closing on a little bit of introspection. It says, Oliver, what are one or two things you're most proud of and how you've grown over the last 12 months? That's a really good question. Um, I think I just, I understand myself uh, more as a racing driver and as a person and, and how to get the most of myself out of myself as an athlete. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, you know, the more the more race weekends are under my belt, um, you know, the, the better I understand how, you know, I need to prepare my nutrition and my mindset and everything. It's it's um, it's always important to me. So, yeah, I think I think the older we get, the wiser we get and the more experience we get. Well, there are a few drivers who are older than you who we could say they've maybe failed that litmus test. But to uh, to Andy's point. 2020 wasn't always the kindest. It wasn't always bad, right? But there were certainly points of adversity, having to recover, deal with a lot of pressure, a lot of expectation. That's Mm -hmm. the part that I I think is most interesting, Oliver, because you present yourself as a more evolved person over this relatively short time span. Your interviews, Mm -hmm. for example on NBC uh, were loose and fun and playful. I didn't see a lot of that in your rookie IndyCar season, and I can understand the reasons why. But again, just looking the the outside, it looks like you have, as you mentioned, come a long way. Do you feel that? Is that all natural? Is some of that, you know, intentional? I'm going to make this change and try and improve (laughs) this, that, and the other. Curious no. nature, nurture, you name it. You know, that's that's funny. You're you're the second person who said that or commented on my my interviews. And um honestly I was a little worried because I haven't I haven't been doing many interviews for, you know, six or seven months now. Um I think it's you know, maybe less pressure, less um less corporate pressure. That could be it. Um yeah, I just um I think I'm just focusing more on just being myself now. Oh, well, keep doing whatever you're doing, man. It's working. And it's also great to see IndyCar Paddock responding and giving you the respect that you deserve that, hey, this is a guy we can trust on short notice to do good things for us. So, you know, again, these are a lot of things. You're getting a lot of feedback, maybe even nonverbal. The actions and reactions of the Paddock are telling you a lot about how you are regarded. So that, yeah. that makes me really happy for you. Let's close on this. Just a little bit of fun. This comes from Liam at 
high tech love bot, which is one of the better Twitter handles I've seen in a while. <laughs> says Oliver, how was it to be reunited with Pato last weekend? Says I saw a lot of support uh, from a lot of the paddock for you, but it was especially great to see that friendship, uh, at least on display on camera again. Tell us about that. He had a great Sunday, right? But it, this seemed to be a very inclusive thing that you were a part of um, to close out the weekend. What was it like being back part of Pato's world and uh, also just getting a lot of love and support from, I guess, the paddock in general? Well, he hasn't changed at all. You know, he's still this <laughs> little bundle of, uh, of energy um, that everyone's that everyone's feeding off of all the time. Um and yeah, he's, he's, I think, uh, he's become a more well-rounded driver, I'd say, you know, I noticed that his, his feedback, uh, has gotten a lot better. Um, you know, his, his, his focus, I think, um, has gotten a bit better as well. So it's, it's really, really good to see. And obviously we we're seeing that in the results. Um, so obviously super talented guy. And, um, I think we, we've always had respect for each other and um you know we've we've uh, we've always gotten along so you know i i understand that our personalities are extremely different but i think that's uh you know that sometimes works well amen to that happy for you oliver to see things developing in the uh, the way that they are and hopefully the rest of your year is just exceptionally busy not only on the IMSA side, but boy, getting you in an IndyCar, not because of adversity, but on merit. Uh, I'm going to keep crossing fingers and other appendages, hoping that we get to see your name on an entry list at some point later this year, maybe more than once. Maybe yeah. as some teams are trying to figure out what they're doing for 2022 and whether the uh, Oliver Askew experience is something that they need to have. So, Congrats on what you've gotten going again. And hopefully we have some great stuff to talk about again after Road America. Thank you. We'll speak soon.